Welcome to the Crown City Podcast. I'm your host, James DiPietro. This is a show that explores the people and places that make our neighborhoods our home. On this episode, I have a really fun guest. Michael Calderon, or Mr. Pasadena, as he's known around our city, is a local personality and influencer who was given his nickname because he was always talking about the city with his friends and colleagues. Michael now sees himself as an ambassador for Pasadena, taking great time and effort to showcase events around the city, even during the pandemic, and promoting small retail and restaurants that have been especially hit hard over the past year. While he has won Pasadena Weekly's Best Local Celebrity four years in a row, as you will hear, he has a true passion for the Rose Parade, where he's been a volunteer since 1994. During that time, he has served on the Tournament of Roses University Entertainment, Auxiliary, Entries, and Heritage Committees. Michael is a larger-than-life Pasadena original, and I'm grateful that we were able to talk about how he became Mr. Pasadena, the Tournament of Roses, and some great spots to check out around town. Please note that we recorded this episode three weeks ago, so some events have changed, like Jurassic Quest and Cheeseburger Week. But you can follow Michael on social media for the latest news on what's happening in Pasadena. So, without further delay, my conversation with Michael Calderon. Michael, thank you very much for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, James. A good place to start is to tell us the backstory of how how you became Mr. Pasadena. And I know you've answered that question many times, but I think it'd be really helpful to have people understand how this kind of evolved and your story in Pasadena. Sure, sure, sure. Well, uh, first and foremost, I have never self-proclaimed myself to be Mr. Pasadena. It all started back in 94. I was, uh, uh, I had a job over at Universal, which I loved very dearly. And um, it was also the at the same time that I was a brand new Tournament of Roses member. So coupled the two together and I am beaming with elation because I'm a, I'm a certified member of the Tournament of Roses and I can get more into that, but I am so excited. You know, I have uh, grown up in Pasadena. Um, I actually, you know, currently I have always lived in Pasadena since then and just I work out of Pasadena. So, you know, I mean, to finally be working over at Universal at the time and having so much uh, a part of Pasadena, I was so excited to tell everybody about Pasadena and all my coworkers. And more so, I invited them to come out to Pasadena. So they would come out, they'd enjoy the food, they'd enjoy a Rose Bowl game. They got the full package and I was so excited to share it with them. And then, you know, not too long after that, um, I was in the break room and I overheard them talking about some guy named Mr. Pasadena. Mind you, I personally had never heard of such a person. So I was very curious, like, and I had to ask, like, so who's this guy, Mr. Pasadena, you guys keep talking about? And, you know, they said, you know, we love you, Mike, but honestly, you never shut up about Pasadena. So when you're not around, that's what we call you. And, uh, you know, I wasn't exactly happy, but I wasn't upset at the same time. It, it was kind of a dig. I get it. Um, maybe I needed to tone it down a bit. It's not a bad nickname, though. 
It wasn't it, and you know, the, oddly enough, I accepted the nickname, and uh, from that point on, nobody called me Michael. It was always I was always addressed as Mr. Pasadena. So for the years that I was at Universal, walking up and down the streets, going in and out of offices, it was always Hey, Mr. Pasadena. Um, and even then, you know, um, you know, I was I was flattered, but at the same time, I knew it was something very important, very special. Flat flash forward to 2010, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm turning 40. And I'm thinking, well, what, what's next in life, you know? So I started working with social media, started doing a blog, and almost overnight, you know, as they say, almost overnight, the blog took off. And uh, next thing I know, you know, people are asking me about, you know, where should I go? What should I do uh, in Pasadena? And um, I suddenly realized it was really something that was important, not only to people, but to you know organizations and restaurants that you know I was speaking on passing this behalf so I took it very seriously from that point on and so for the past uh, you know 11 years now I have uh, kind of been a goodwill ambassador and yes I'm better known as Mr. Pasadena that's really interesting thank you for sharing that we talked before this conversation you know you've been Noted and and you've been named uh, Passing a Weekly's top local celebrity for years. <laughs> yes, in a row. yes, and that's that's quite an honor. Do you view yourself as a celebrity? Do you view yourself as an influencer since you're on social media so early on? Yeah, it's so interesting to, uh, to ask. You know uh, how I view myself. Um, I I look at it through a lens of, you know, if I if I knew of a Mister Pasadena. You know, what would I want that person to be like? And I, I continue to try and do my best to model that. I feel that if somebody's going to go around saying that they are, you know, noted as being Mr. Pasadena, which I, like I said, I never self-proclaimed, I always take this very seriously. I never use my social media to bash anybody. Um, I always want you to come to Pasadena. So maybe they, they view me as a celebrity, a hometown celebrity. But it's only because I'm really taking the good of Pasadena and, you know, turning the volume up, you know, because I want everybody to come to Pasadena because I actually really love Pasadena. Uh, you know, like I said, growing up here, it, it really, to me, it is an incredible place to, to live, to learn, to grow. Got some of the best restaurants, uh, some of the greatest things to do on Pasadena. So, um I think that I've taken this great responsibility and uh, I've taken it very seriously. And as an influencer, I can understand that. I, I, I guess, like I said, I don't really look through a lens of being the influencer. I look at it as somebody that's providing content for other people around Southern California, you know, and, and throughout social media to say, you know, what's there to do in Pasadena? And I want to offer them, you know, the best of the best. So because you talked about this responsibility, Mm -hmm. And there's a pressure, there's a pressure involved in it as well. What's the, what's the best thing about having this kind of oversized personality and what's kind of the hardest thing? Oh, um, I think the best thing about this has been the opportunity to uh, represent uh, my, my city around Southern California and in other cities and other states 
as well as having an opportunity sometimes to get to an event and be able to be at the event before most people are, if only to um, promote it, to show people what it's going to be about, whether it's a grand opening of a new restaurant or uh, BTS is coming to the Rose Bowl or, you know, we're going to have a Rose Parade, you know, uh, or some type of Rose Parade event. Uh, maybe I have access to it and I now have the opportunity to produce it or, excuse me, present it on a larger scale um, through social media. You know, Mr. Passina presents um, such and such events, you know, because I've, now I've got maybe some exclusivity. But at the same time, once again, um, I'm not really using it to my benefit. I'm using it to show others how exciting and how fun Pasadena is. And oh, and you asked you asked what's the what's the worst? Was that what was the question again? Yeah, yeah. Well, what was the hardest? The hardest is honestly, um, you know, I, I understand it's like I'm not everybody's Mr. Pasadena, you know. I mean, but I think it's the pressure of wanting to do what's best for the for the brand, I guess. You know, I, I don't I don't consider myself a brand, but I consider myself somebody who's very conscious of what I say and what I do. And, you know, I am, you know, it's not just me. I'm all of a sudden talking for Pasadena. And um, I know that's that's there's nothing official about that whatsoever, but I take it very seriously. So it's um it's I'm I'm like I'm sometimes I second guess myself, sometimes I'm unsure. Um, and if it, that's the case, and I won't say anything at all, because I would never want to, you know, bring shame or um, bring any dark cloud over Pasadena, uh, or, or suggest I know everything about Pasadena. But um, you know, so like I said, I'm very, very self-conscious of what's being said and, and how I present what's going on in Pasadena. Well, you are a great follow on Instagram. I'll put your handle in the show notes, but it's, you're pretty easy to find. And that's how we connected, first of all. That's how I kind of found you. How much time do you have to put into creating content to kind of feel that you've been, you, you satisfied that responsibility? <sighs> it's a, it's a, a daily grind. I do um, have help. I work also, just like everybody else does, even in a pandemic. So, you know, I do have help from, uh, from Angelique. Hi, Angelique, if you're listening, you know, you know, there's a lot of stuff that she has to help put together, uh, you know, to make that happen as well, to make sure, you know, all the posts are there. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's a list and lists have to be maintained. And, you know, you, I, I've got to find out what's new and I've got to find out what's coming. Um, I'm always listening to friends and they're saying, oh, did you hear that this is coming to Pasadena? Have you heard? You know, I'm looking at LA Eater. So, I mean, there's hours and hours involved, but is, is sometimes as a mild headache as it can be, honestly, at the end of the day, I'm very happy to do this. But like I said, I just want to make sure it's done right um, as best, you know, the best of my abilities. So, you know, a lot of time and effort does go into it. I just, I've never really like kind of clocked how much time is being put into it. But on a daily, you know, I mean, I want to make sure that there's posts on all social media platforms and I'm answering questions. Um, I probably get about two to three questions on a daily from people that are going to be coming into Pasadena. Yet, you know, even during a pandemic, they're saying, hey, you know, um, I'm going to be doing some business in Pasadena. You know, who do you recommend? Uh, where do you recommend I go to get the best uh, pizza? Where do you recommend 
you know, uh, and then, then I asked them, you know, are you going to be in Old Town? Are you going to be uh, up in Northern Pasadena? I mean, I want to make sure that any information I give them is tailor-made so that they're not going back and forth across town and they're, and they're having the best possible time that they can have with what little time they do have in Pasadena. You can add that to the, the amount of time that I spend. You know, it, it, it was never really about kind of a, a bot situation where, you know, there's a canned response. Uh, everybody who or anybody that's ever asked me a question, I really do my best to get back to and put them in the right direction and let them know that there's things to do in Pasadena, uh, as well as, you know, if they have a, a, a viable concern about what to do or when to do or what their plan is. So um, I, I uh, as a matter of fact, I just before I got on uh, our uh, podcast here, uh, you know, I also, you know, somebody was asking about some COVID information about where in Pasadena could I direct them to now that they're, you know, in the 65 and older group, where can they, you know, go get the new vaccination? So like it, it never, it never stops. So, but yeah, time, there's definitely a lot of time. Well, it sounds like it's a real labor of love for you. It has been. Yes. Yes. It sounds like it takes a lot of work. So I think you should be recognized for how much time you put into it. And you've, you mentioned that you added COVID information, which I think is really valuable since you do have a platform, uh, but you made the kind of conscious decision to not stray into kind of politics or policy, kind of these other topics and just focus on the good parts and the things that bring people joy. And I think at this time during COVID where hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but we don't know when we're going to get to that light. And we've had a year of civil unrest and we don't know what's what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks with the, uh, the inauguration. I think focusing on these positives, I think is a way to bring people together. And I think you've done a very good job doing that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think that um, I think that's all we can do. I mean, that's all that I really it, it was a huge pivot for all of us. I was very excited and very happy to do several events in Pasadena on my own. Um, I did pub crawls. Um, I did grand openings. I highlighted brand new uh, businesses or businesses that have been around forever with um, video and um, with social media. It, it, but, you know, what this is called for, obviously, is a change. And, um, you know, Mr. Pasadena, I have had the change as well, whether it was uh, Zoom calls or letting everybody know about uh, where to get vaccinations in Pasadena or whether it's been about, uh, you know, who's got takeout or who has outdoor seating. Because there was a time when we had some outdoor seating. Unfortunately, it's been taken away. You know, I think that's what people just want to hear. Is they just want to hear from somebody that's, you know knows what's going on and you know there's some positive things as you mentioned i really don't use social media to bash anybody i'm not really into established restaurants and they don't they're not really into mr pasadena either they've got a juggernaut of of advertising going on Uh, they don't need my help but i'm always been there for mom and pops all over pasadena and all the restaurants owners, you know, know me quite well, and they they know that uh, I'm kind of in it for them as well. That's a good segue to one of the questions I think is really important, which is in Pasadena we have some really big chains. We have Fleming's, we have Houston's, we have Cheesecake Factory, and again, all of them have been 
harmed by the COVID outbreak. And so we, we feel for every restaurant, whether they be a large or small shop, but your real passion and focus has been on the smaller restaurants. Who are some of your favorite small restaurants and businesses, both like restaurants, but also kind of retail shops? If you can pick a couple top three. Sure. I mean, I, you know, I, I could go on and on because I, I tend to, like I said, I tailor fit, you know, where somebody's going to be picking a pizza, you know, if they're going to be on the east side, uh, the west side or north side, because I think ultimately it's about representing all of Pasadena, not just Old Town. But um, just to kind of give you an idea of some of the places where uh, that I, I know and love and I send people to, one of my go-tos is Gail's. It's an Italian food place. I, you know, love that place. They're authentic Italian cuisine. They're an amazing pasta dishes, as well as uh, when I think about sushi, I tend to uh, head to my friends over at Mama M Sushi off of Holly Street. And then um, when I think of something, you know, near and dear to passing that's been quite around quite a, a bit, it's a Pine Burger. You know, go for probably one of their delicious classic cheeseburgers and grab yourself a great slice of pie. So um, these three places are just those places that I, you know, are uh, owned. They're not a chain and they continue to uh, over many, many years continue to uh, produce delicious food. And they always seem to welcome guests uh, with open arms and service is great. And I can't say enough great things about those three just off the top of my head. Those are three great suggestions. As far as retail goes, you know, uh, you know, one of the ones that you know jumps out the top of my head is uh, Homage. Homage uh, is a boutique that has lovely gifts uh, for for everybody: moms, dads, boyfriends, girlfriends, special special people in your life, uh, significant others, you name it. You know, the list goes on. Uh, something for everybody there. Definitely some place to check out as far as, uh, you know, owned and operated, uh, you know, not by, you know, some major corporate commercial conglomerate. And that's the space that Lulu May was in. Is that correct? Yes. Lulu May uh, was another go-to place that had just about everything from greeting cards to knickknacks to jewelry, uh, something for everybody. Homage stepped in. Uh, made a name for themselves, not the same place, a different vibe altogether, a beautiful vibe from both places, but so happy that homage came into being, literally was down the street on Holly and then moved into Lulu. And quite frankly, um, has just generated some uh, um, amazing buzz as well as, you know, customers seem to always be very, very excited after they leave. You've worked around town. You know, you've obviously been in the kind of entertainment industry. You know, when you look at Pasadena versus a Burbank, a Universal City, uh, Glendale, what do you think are some of the defining characteristics of Pasadena that really kind of differentiate it from its neighbors? Well, I think we all can agree that, you know, Southern California has a great deal of history, whether it's downtown Los Angeles, Burbank, Glendale. Pasadena truly has their roots uh, ingrained in their history uh, from the architecture from Old Town to uh, the Colorado Street Bridge to the Rose Bowl. 
you know, the Rose Bowl and the architecture of uh, City Hall and the Colorado State Bridge all keep, seem to keep Pasadena grounded in that history. We also have, you know, an amazing parade, um, which differentiates differentiates us from everybody else. What can I say, not just as a Pasadenian, uh, but as a member of the Terminal Roses, um, how amazing the parade is. Uh, we're talking about a a global event that happens on the first day of the year. And on the second, if the first is on a Sunday, just to say, but usually typically on the first day, um, it brings hope. It brings such an amazing amount of peace, you know, to the world. It's such a beautiful, spectacular event that is unlike any anything else. So um, not only am I just profoundly thankful to be a part of it, but um, I, I can recognize it as something that um, is a beacon compared to maybe some other cities. I have no um, problem with any other cities. I just have a profound love for Pasadena and uh, very humbled to uh, wear the hat as Mr. Pasadena. I think it's a great transition to your work at the Tournament of Roses. And from my understanding, you've been a volunteer for over 27 years. Is that right? Correct. Yes. And I'm sorry if that dates you. Don't, don't. Oh, that's right. We're on a podcast. It's going to get out, but please go on. How did you get involved with the Tournament of Roses in the first place? And what keeps you involved in it? You know, my father uh, was a member of the Tournament of Roses. I remember in high school how proud I was of him to become uh, a white suitor, which is the... uh, the volunteers that come together and, you know, we're, we're talking about thousands and thousands of hours of, of men and women, men and women's hours coming together to basically put this print. And then it takes more than just them. It takes the whole city as well as the state in some cases to produce this parade. But, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing the parade as a child and um, then once again, so proud to see my father join. Uh, and I knew that I had hoped that, you know, maybe they would let me be a part of it, too. Uh, like I mentioned before, this global phenomenon, how are they going to let me be a part of it? You know, and I, you know, I wasn't an engineer like my father, but, you know, I come with an incredible skill set as it was. I just felt that let's hope that I could be a member. Um, and I, um, I went through the process, interviews, and was very, very thankful to become a member. The thing that keeps me going, oh, there's so many things that would keep anybody going. First and foremost, the people. The people that come to see the parade are so excited to see this parade. I can't begin to tell you how many people have come up to me and said, you know, I was in this band um, when I was a kid. And, you know, flash forward 25 years later, they're coming back to say, and they bring in their, and they bring in their children, you know, uh, to show them that their pops was in the parade or their mother was in the parade and, and what it meant to them. And we're talking, they come from all over the world. Uh, we're not talking just about all of our wonderful 50 states, but around the world, people come back to see the parade in person. And I really would tell anybody and you've got to come and see the parade at least once in person. Now, unfortunately, it didn't happen this year on January 1st. Um, we had a special event. But I think looking forward to 2022, 
I know that they were they are dead set on having a parade. And I, like I said, I would welcome everybody to come out and see it once. It is truly it, it's it's so many different things. It's not only just you're amazed by the sight, but the smell of all of those beautiful flowers. Not just the roses, but the chrysanthemums and um, the poppies and the, and the lilies, everything blooming all at once. You know, you see it, you smell it, you know. I mean, you can almost like they use or they use all organic material on the floats. I mean, you can almost smell the oranges on the float as they're going by. It's incredible. And, you know, all floats are covered from top to bottom with something organic. Whether it's a bean, a flower, uh, an apple, tree bark, something to cover everything else that's on the float. It's amazing um, all the work that they do. But like I said, first it's the people, um, and then I think about it's you know it's the mission to actually put on this parade, to put it together. It once we talked about a labor of love. Now that truly is a labor of love. You know, if I'm doing my part and everybody else is doing their part together. We put this, uh, it's incredible how we put this parade on year after year and, you know, like clockwork, boom, it, it shows up. I mean, floats are ready to go. The bands are ready to go. Equestrians are ready to go. And, and then we're off and we're live and over 10 different countries and over 20 different languages. It's amazing you know, the outreach. And then, like I said, people from around the world talk about this parade, you know, just to be a part of that, you know, to, to know that they let me be a part of that. Very humbled. And uh, it is something that I think that we should all aspire to do is to do something for others. And I think this is what I do for others, to be honest with you. Growing up in Southern California, I grew up in Los Angeles. So right next door, you know, we would watch the Rose parade on tv i think we went as as a kid i went there once but it's such a different experience because like you said you can smell the oranges you can smell the flowers you can hear the bands getting ready you can you can kind of feel the excitement of the people in the crowds so if you have the opportunity to come and even if you're not staying up all night camping out for a day or two days or whatever it is what, what you're really saying is it's the experience that brings you back. It's it's more than just watching on television, but actually being present, being a part of it, that really makes the experience what it is for you. I really believe so. I think that uh, being a part of that uh, communal experience, uh, the cheering, um, like I said, the smelling, it, you know, it, obviously you hear the bands in, uh, in, in stereo, so to speak, because you're right there. You know, nobody's going to commercial break. You are living this experience. And um, like I said, it's what a great thing to do on the first day of the year than just to have a parade, something that um, we're not rolling ICBMs down Colorado Boulevard. You know, it's it's flowers. It's, you know, a huge message of peace. And to be a part of that, it's like, wow. So I'm, uh, like I said, very, very thankful to be a part of it and uh, very humbled at the same time. Because you mentioned the sense of purpose, the sense of accomplishment of becoming a, the white coat, having a, being a white coat. What's the process? And you, you talked about the interview. What's it like to try to become a member of the Tournament of Roses? Because I'm not really familiar with that process. So I'd be curious to see kind of what's involved in it, both from an entry-level position or getting into the organization, but also contributing to the organization. 
Well, like we said, uh, first of all, it is uh, a labor of love, and I will tell you, it is some work. But to go to the beginning of the process, it has actually become a lot easier with te technology. You can actually go online and uh, look into becoming a brand new member off the uh, turnermerofroses.com. Um, whereas before, you know, you'd have to write in and get a hold of somebody at the tournament house and get something mailed to you and then go through that. But, you know, there is um, you know, kind of like application that you fill out nowadays um, once that's done. Um, there's an interview. Uh, you actually go to a, an, a, a new members meeting to kind of, uh, you know, let you know that the tournament's there, um, who they are, what they're about, and they tell you up front, you know, it's going to take some time. It's going to be a lot of work on your part. You know, you're going to dedicate yourself to, you know, some of your, your free time, a lot of free time. And on top of that, you're giving up the 31st and the 1st to do this in some cases. You know, everybody has an, uh, an assignment on the 1st, that's for sure. And most of us have an assignment on the 31st as well. So if you're up for doing that year after year, then maybe the tournament will work for you. What's the best job that you've had on the first of the year of all the different things that you've done? The best job, well, I think there's been a lot of fun jobs. I think one of the funniest jobs that was actually one of the best as well uh, was that I drove a truck that uh, pulled the porta potty throughout the night. And, you know, you can't imagine how excited everybody was to see me. When I pulled up, like, oh, thank God you're here. <laughs> Is the entire night, you know, I was uh, visiting the uh, convoy that was taking all of the floats to to get staged uh, the night before, and um, you know, it's it's a very slow grind to get there because the floats can only move like maybe ten, fifteen miles an hour, you know. And like I said, they're in a convoy to get there. And then when I when we actually finally got to Colorado Boulevard with all the floats, then the porta potty went around to all of the uh, members of the Tournament of Roses that were on the um, formation uh, committee. Uh, the formation committee um, has their members assigned to different barricades uh, surrounding the the floats. Uh, the night before, you know, where everybody is forming, hence the formation area. And um, these men and women are dutifully standing there, um, you know, making sure that some people can't get in or out to the area and or making sure certain vehicles can't come in and out. So they're, they're working, you know, like throughout the night. And it's like, well, if they're going to be there, how am I going to supposed to use the restroom? So we were that restroom. So like I said, we were very well uh, appreciated throughout. Like I said, it was just a great place to, you know, you know, meet more members that I hadn't met before. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. And I think I can help you out. And so that's what I did uh, day in and day out. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. That's very cool. It was very, it was very needed to say the least. So what are you looking forward to most when the tournament returns next year? Well, um, I'm on a really great committee. I think all the committees are, are great. Um, I think uh, this is the first time uh, I'll be back with the uh, University Entertainment Group. 
And uh, this is an opportunity to uh, work with the Rose Bowl again as well, you know, because it is the, the first is a parade and a game. And um, I look forward to greeting all the, the teams finally. As you may have heard that, you know, we weren't actually able to have our Rose Bowl game due to the uh, constraints of the state, which did not allow us to actually have, you know, friends and family uh, attend. So hopefully more people will attend and uh, we will get an opportunity to showcase the game as well. Um, I look forward to the happy faces that show up, both young and old. Um, I look forward to um, the happy faces of all the participants because, you know, it didn't affect just people coming. I mean, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage for a lot of uh, band members throughout Southern California to uh, be a part of the Rose Parade. So I felt bad for all considered that weren't able to make it. Like I said, both attendant, attendees and uh, participants. So it's really going to be exciting to have everybody back. And, and we all want a sense of normalcy after the year and possibly two years that we'll have had by the time that the uh, the first comes around next year. You kind of in the age of COVID, our city has dramatically changed. And I think you're on the front lines of that because you're so involved with businesses and you can really, and you're talking to so many different people, you really kind of understand what they're going through and the hardships. As someone that knows businesses and these kind of unique spots so well, what has been the hardest thing that you've seen happen because of the COVID outbreak? I mean, there, there's been, you know, many uh, challenges. And I think the hardest to have seen is really to see uh, my friend struggle. Like I said, I, I've uh, been very fortunate to uh, create friendships and relationships with a lot of business owners and to see them struggle and to see someone have to close their shop and to move on. Um, it's incredibly sad. It's like there's been no other time that I can ever remember that that businesses were in such a predicament. Yeah, you know, sometimes they've had a hard time, you know, at the beginning of the year up until, like, a restaurant has an opportunity to do a St. Patrick's Day event, you know, and then there's a St. Patrick's Day event, and then there's a, a Cinco de Mayo event, you know, and then there's, you know, summer, and, you know, summer's great because... You've got all this sunshine and people can be outdoors, you know, and then you have uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day events, you know, where people come together and they want to enjoy themselves at restaurants. Uh, and then you have, you know, the holidays from Halloween, Thanksgiving, even at Easter, you know, you got Christmas with all that gone, essentially, um, it's been, um, you know, hard for for everybody everybody's truly struggled and to see you know everybody struggle it's been um heartbreaking to say the least um you know james you know you and i you know we've all had our our hard times you know from we've had a hard week or we had a hard month back in the day you know oh my god it's a tough week you know you could always you know go somewhere and get cheered up someplace else you know with a bunch of friends, maybe you guys went to a bar, maybe you guys went, hung out at the beach, you know? So if you can imagine now, I mean, 
to do that now, it, it's, you know, it's been impossible. And to say the least, you know, everybody has a story. So it's, it's almost like nobody's listening to any sob stories anymore because everybody has one. You know, we've all had to deal with not having, you know, having to see my friends in the restaurant industry, um, retail industry do that. Um, you know, all these self-owned places. Like I said, it's been heartbreaking. And uh, I have provided, I don't want to say I've provided a shoulder to cry on, but I've just been there as much as I can be just to listen um, and just understand and to help pivot and to come up with some ideas. Um, and like I said, I, like I said, I have tried to do my part when it comes to uh, trying to get the word out about what's next or, or what's new or, you know, it went from takeout, like who's got takeout because we can't go in the restaurant to who's doing outdoor dining to back to who's got takeout again. And, uh, you know, you know, what stores are open, what stores are closed. It's, it's been a challenging time um, for everybody. And all I can do, uh, it's kind of, like I said, continue to do what I do is let people know what's going on in Pasadena. Everybody would love for you to come to Pasadena. And uh, like I said, I do my part as best I can. You certainly do. One of the silver linings, people that wouldn't necessarily go to restaurants or do takeout have made an extra effort to support local businesses. And my family used to do takeout every now and then, but we think about what we're going to have for dinner tonight or tomorrow. We'll be like, well, if we don't want to make dinner, who would best appreciate the business? And that's kept some places open. You know, we've seen, I enjoy coffee shops and we've seen coffee shops, small local coffee shops, really communities come together and buy gift certificates or buy merch online if they can't go out and grab a cup of coffee from that store. And that's been a really wonderful thing to see and something that is inspiring to all of us that we can have an impact on these small businesses that make our city so vibrant. And I really, I would really tell your listeners too that, that they should, you know, whether they're listing, you know, from other parts of Southern California, um, they should go locally and help out those businesses as best they can. I mean, for the very same reason that back in the day, these places would jump at the chance to do a fundraiser for you, you know, or for your kid's school or for the Boy Scouts. They would do fundraisers. They would give out um, these gift cards or some type of merch to support our stuff. It really has been up to us to support them now. And I think that we have to continue to do this. And you're right. Um, we have to make a conscious decision, if, even if it means putting a little money more aside to support those businesses that you love. We can't support all the businesses because there are so many wonderful places. But the ones that you know and love, go to them as much as you can. And if you can't, recommend them to your other friends, too. You know, and, you know, coffee, you know, they're like you had said, and, and I will back that up. There are some great places in Pasadena to get coffee. Um, have you been to Jones Coffee? I have. So I love Jones Coffee. They have a couple locations. Yes, and they have a couple locations, you know, definitely worth attending, you know. Uh, so, you know, without a doubt, you, you've got to 
support them in some form or fashion, you know, as opposed to going to Starbucks, which people do. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. But, it, you know, if you want to support the local, you know, Jones is a great cup. It is. Yeah. My, my wife loves lavender and honey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so we're uh, for her birthday. That was one of the things I took off from work, went up and got her a cup of coffee from lavender and honey because I know she likes it so much. So we come to the right place to talk about coffee. Yes, uh, you know, to me, lavender and honey were, was the first to provide the avocado toast. Yes, you know, it, it, very it, famous it was, avocado toast. Yes, it was something before there was an avocado toast. I was like, okay, this is interesting. All right, I'll try it. And of course, they have their you know their lavender and honey spread toast as well. But you know, avocado toast, something. Mm, let me give it a shot. You know, tried it first over at Lavender and Honey myself. Nice. One of the things that has come up because of COVID is outdoor dining. And what we've seen across the city are parking spaces removed and dining areas expanded into those parking spaces. And that's considered, back in the day, it was called a parklet, that kind of concept. What do you think of the kind of outdoor dining situation now? And do you think that there's an opportunity for the city to embrace this kind of style after we get through COVID? That's a good question. Unfortunately, it goes back to politics. I, you know, to be honest, I thought it was a nice idea. I just didn't think it would it would work or, or people would go for it. I mean, they just, um, excuse me, and they didn't. <laughs> they didn't want to take a lane out of both sides of the street to restrict to just one lane. Through, through even through Old Town, so another you know to allow that access for this parklet to exist, um, and then of course like <laughs> on the other flip side, it's like once it's there, it's got to be removable so that we can you know get this parade down the street as well. So um, unfortunately, I had too many hurdles. I could see a hybrid of, of such a parklet in the future being supported. Um, I'll be very interested to see what happens. I I welcome the opportunity to to sit out more so in the outdoors. Um, I I will admit, you know, uh, when there was outdoor seating, I had a great time. You know, I realized that, you know, uh, we were still in a COVID world, but at least we had an opportunity to, to go outdoors and eat. And I welcome that opportunity, you know, going forward. Um, if it, in in the form of a parklet, if it doesn't happen, you know, it's once again, it's only because of politics, and you know, it's just not my area. Um, I've never actually, as Mister Pasadena, ever you know supported a candidate uh, through social media. I've never taken up sides. You know, I think that you know that the role, so to speak, of Mister Pasadena, or or my role as Mr. Pasadena on social media and in the public is to once again, you know, bring it to Pasadena and, and have you have a great time uh, because I love Pasadena and um, it's really not my place to, you know, play politics whatsoever. Um, I think uh, my role is better served, uh, you know, more so as the goodwill ambassador um, that's more interested in you having a good time attending events at the Rose Bowl um, in Old Town or on the east side of town, South Lake, Playhouse Village, you know, but uh, on you know, northern Pasadena and some like Villa Park. But, you know, it's like I said, it's not really my place to 
play politics. You've shown that the impact that one person can have in promoting these places around our city. Do you think that we do enough as a whole to promote Pasadena and kind of coupled with that, what do you think the average person can do? Everybody, you know, if they feel strongly about it, um, you know, should um, promote Pasadena. You know, I, like I said, I'm a very uh, a positive person that promotes Pasadena. You know, if somebody wants to, you know, talk about the bad things about Pasadena, hey, it's a free country. Feel free to do that as well. I think that people may be excited to talk about the bad things as well. Um, you know, not everybody appreciates the parking in Pasadena. Let's talk about parking. But I think that everybody and anybody can, you know, use social media to talk about Pasadena. You know, you use your podcast, James. There is plenty of room in Pasadena to do to do more talk about Pasadena. Uh, positive. Uh, if people feel that they want to talk negatively, you know, that's that's up to them. But there's plenty to talk about. We've got there's plenty of room. I do not feel I've never felt like I. I own the social media. There's there's a lot of friends I have out in social media that um, promote Pasadena as well. And I think they do a great job, you know, of it. I think that um, more people are welcome to do so. You can, if you had a great experience, or maybe even a bad one, you know, feel free to talk about it um, on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, um, or on Yelp, or on your Facebook there's plenty of uh, amazing things we're, that are being planned on in the future. The more we have an opportunity to gather again, it's still a wait and see. But uh, for now, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an event over at the Rose Bowl that um, you could be in your car um, and see dinosaurs. And they're pretty big, too. I was just by there last night, and they're, they're pretty big dinosaurs. So they're not like real dinosaurs. They're kind of like put together with steel and clay and whatever and, and latex, but they're not, they're not real, but yes, there's dinosaurs down at the Rose bowl. Now, you know, I, I, there's plenty to talk about. There's plenty to promote, you know, unfortunately there's a lot more zoom events than there are gathering events, but you know, that'll change, but everybody's entitled to, you know, give an opinion, uh, give a review, um, you know, there's plenty of amazing places to eat in Pasadena. People still come down here to, to do a great deal of shopping in Pasadena. Um, and uh, I foresee that there'll be more great times to come. Well, with the time that we have left, because I know we all need to wrap up and go back to our, our, da- our real lives. <laughs> yes. But maybe we can do a top three. And you've already mentioned a couple of great places to, to visit or eat, both on the retail side. Uh, you mentioned Pie and Burger, Jones Coffee. So maybe you can give us maybe a top three. I'm going to be very selfish and reveal my uh, my tastes, but maybe uh, top three Mexican restaurants, top three sushi places, and then any other kind of top three food places or dessert places that you would like to uh, to shout out. Wow, you know everybody has a flair for uh, Mexican food on different type on different parts of Pasadena. I must say I'm very uh, nostalgically selfish when it comes to El Portal as being on that top three list. And, and I will say that, you know, the top three are not necessarily in order, but, you know, there's El Portal, you know, there's Mahares, and uh, there's Margaritas. 
that are like the top three that can always get a decent dish, a good dish, an amazing dish at one of these three places. The uh, the tequila and their margaritas, it's it's always top notch. It's delicious. Um, everybody raves about the margaritas in all these places. Um, and I think that uh, you can find a, a good meal at uh, any three of those, El Portal, Mahares, and Margaritas. Okay. So there would be top three sushi places. Sushi places. Okay. Um, I mentioned Mama M Sushi, um, uh, Ichima, and Yes Sushi are the three that come to mind that I've sent people to that I have partaken uh, are delicious, always very fresh. Um, they've been hard to get into at times. Obviously, we can't get into them nowadays. They've got great to-go sushi as well. And I think that um, they do great business to help satisfy their customers even during the pandemic. So I would recommend those three places. Yes, Sushi, Ichima, and Mama M Sushi. I believe I read that Cheeseburger Week is coming back. Yes, yes, it is. You do know that the cheeseburger was actually invented in Pasadena. I do. And if you don't believe me, if you don't, please feel free to go online. It's, there's plenty of uh, stories about that, how it all took place at the, the right spot. And it was the burger was being burned in order to cover that up, use a slice of cheese, and the rest was history. It's funny because I used to work in Eagle Rock and right on the cusp. And I was walking along actually from my work to a little flower cafe, yes, which is thankfully reopened. And on that walk, I found a plaque on the ground. Fantastic. That, that I never knew was there. That's right on the top of the Colorado Hill. That is where supposedly the first cheeseburger was created. Yes. And it's one of those things where it's amazing when you when you just walk around, the things you'll find around the city is, is incredible. And like, I, and like I said earlier, it goes back to Pasadena loves its history. And you can see it alive today, you know, not just in the architecture, but we still appreciate the things from the past. Just like you said, the placard just to show off where the first cheeseburger was made. Who does that? You know, it's very hard to find in other cities. It is. So with the cheeseburger on our minds, and you mentioned pie and burger already, what are, other, yes. what are two other spots that you'd recommend for cheeseburgers? Two other spots. Um, a very big time classic in Pasadena um, is the place known as uh, Lucky Boys. There's like two different places in Pasadena called Lucky Boys. I would recommend either one. And I would recommend you getting the bacon cheeseburger to boot, um, especially at the one on Arroyo. That is by far, you can't go wrong with that. It's pretty darn amazing. And I will say that the, my number three or in the mix, not necessarily in that order, um, would be the doghouse. Have, have, you, have you heard of anything about the doghouse or you know anything about the doghouse? I, um, I live near PCC. Okay. Hill is, is one of our main drags in, in our neighborhood. So, yes, I know doghouse yes. very well. Yes. And they are a uh, mom and pop, shall we say, that started here in Pasadena and now actually has over 100 franchises throughout throughout the United States. It's, it's freaking amazing. Um, 
I can't believe it. It's it's like it's the equivalent of like a McDonald's in that sense. It it started somewhere and it, and it exploded. I mean, people love the hot dogs. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people have said great things, but I love their burgers. You know, I'm a particularly fond of the Holy Aioli and the Ringer are the two that come to mind. Uh, both melting with cheese. Uh, both uh, always delicious. Who knew that if you have you know. Uh, when you're looking for a bun, you use, you know, uh, King's Hawaiian bread of all things, you know, and the flavor that provides the burger. Amazing. Very nice. Well, I wanted to wrap up and, and say that you are a force for good in Pasadena. Thank you so much. (laughs) What you've created out of a love for the city has evolved into a personality has evolved into a brand, really a promoting, the good and and the great in our city. And I think you should be really proud of what you've done. And I think that we could all learn a really good lesson to in showcasing the great things that are around all around us. Wow, that's that's uh, very nice of you to say. I hope that uh, people just know that uh, you know there, there's there's beauty to be had in everybody's city. And you don't have to become Mr. Burbank or Miss Glendale or Miss Highland Park, but you can definitely appreciate and show your love for your city at all times. That's for sure. So is there anything that you want to promote and where can people find you? I'm pretty easy to find, um, you know, on Facebook, you just have to look for Mr. Pasadena, um, on Instagram and on Twitter, it's at Mr. Underscore Pasadena. And you'll find me there um, just focusing on Pasadena, talking about what's going on, the delicious food, uh, events as they may be happening online or in person. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm always up for helping people decide what they want to do in Pasadena, um, you know, it is me that it actually responds to people's, uh, you know, direct messages or, you know, their, you know, their tweets back to me. So I'm here. Very nice. Well, Michael, thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And it was lovely getting to know you better. Hey, thanks so much for the opportunity, James. I look forward to talking to you in the future. Okay. Again, many thanks to Michael for coming on the show. If you are interested in learning more about Michael, please visit his website at mrpasadena.net or on social media where he's a great follow. On Instagram and Twitter, he is Mr. Underscore Pasadena, and on Facebook, you can find him at The Real Mr. Pasadena. And thank you for listening. Social media has transformed so many aspects of our lives, some for the better and some for the worse. But Michael's story is a great example of how someone can turn their love for their hometown into a way to shine some light on businesses and organizations that serve so many. In that way, social media has democratized publicity. And I hope that we can all borrow a page out of Michael's playbook to showcase a local event or small businesses that could really use the support. If you're a business owner or community leader and want to share your story, please let me know as I'd love to learn more about you and have you on the show. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please consider subscribing so that you don't miss an episode. You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Breaker, and several other platforms. 
And if you have a moment, please rate and review the show so that others can find it. I would love your comments, feedback, and suggestions. You can reach me at james at thecrowncitypodcast.com and follow me on Instagram at crowncitypodcast. You've been listening to the Crown City Podcast. And until next time, please remember to stay safe, stay positive, and as always, see you around town.